Ladies and gentlemen, it's a world-changing, paradigm-shifting, era-defining moment. Episode 5 of WandaVision. And we're here to discuss everything about this revolutionary, shifting, continental, drifting moment in time. I am Natalie Behensky. This is the Raven On podcast, WandaVision subsection. And with me, as always, is a man who can explain to me everything I've just said, because I don't really know why this is a revolutionary changing moment of the guard. No, wait, revolutionary changing of the guard moment. Apparently it is. But he's here to tell me it's Stuart Late. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yes, hopefully I can shed some light on the situation. <laughs> in, my, in my role as, <laughs> as walking Wikipedia page. Yes, as walking comics expert. <laughs> uh, if I can just give some backstory, I uh, had just finished the episode when I think Greg from the Smart Enough to Know mm-hmm. Better podcast like sent us a, in our group chat. A group chat, yes. Sent us a message going, oh my God, this and this and this. And then Stu responded with, oh my God, this and this and this. And wow, it just changed the world. What? And I sat there going... I'm confused. <laughs> well, you're not the only one because I think there's a lot of people who haven't been following. I mean, th- th- that revelation requires you to, to keep up with all of the Marvel Universe stuff and also all of the Fox X-Men stuff. Right. So there's lots to keep track of. So you can be forgiven for not fully getting the weight of what just happened. Yeah. 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 I, I saw a guy turn up and he and I saw the hair because they mm. shot they they did a close up on the hair at the yeah. end and I went, Oh, it's her brother. That makes yeah. sense that it, he would come back is. into it. It is. And it is. And then it was a different you know, it's been a while since I've seen the Age of Ultron. Sure. So I was like, I don't think that's the guy and then she's going, What? And he says, Can't a guy give his sister a big squeeze? And she's like, Pietro? And I went, Huh? And then the Cat Dennings character went she recast Pietro and then the world changed apparently. And yes. I was like, I don't know who that is, but he looks like a pale imitation. He looks like, remember that Carl from Game of Thrones who was like the, yeah. the carbon copy Carl Drogo? He, he, was like, the, he was the home brand Carl, Carl Drogo. Carl yes. Morrow. Yeah, Carl, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was the Carl Morrow black and gold version, um, which made sense because Morrow is like the crappy version of a Mars bar. That's right, so, exactly. But yeah, that's what it looked like to me. I was like, he looks like a little little dude. <laughs> like I remember, I remember the other Quicksilver being kind of more physically imposing. But I could just be misremembering that. No, that's it's true. I mean, like objectively, I feel like uh, the guy who played him in the Age of Ultron was probably better looking. I don't yeah. know. That's probably no, no, no. Being I think... very mean to Aaron Peters, uh, <laughs> Evan, Evan Peters. Uh, well, I just want to say. I think you're right. Um, also, uh, look, we're about three minutes into the podcast. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, sure. If you're listening to this WandaVision podcast, I really hope you've watched the episode ahead of time. Uh, if you haven't, probably go do that now. Yes. Take a break. Yeah. Enjoy. Come back. And it's really good. You too can benefit from Stu's wisdom of why this is revolutionary. So, we're, yeah, so we're talking about the revelation that Quicksilver is uh, not only back, but he is... A different dude. A different Quicksilver. Which now unites two universes. It sure or does, like that. Natalie. So do we want to start with that right. and then go to our one minute Let's challenge? Let's start with that. Well that 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 headed off my list okay, of the great. one minute challenge. That's they great. recast Pietro. Yeah. Uh, which genuinely does have wide reaching ramifications for the Marvel universe, like like outside of this show, but also in this show as well. So let's let's start. So we we've already talked about it on the podcast about like the two Quicksilvers. So back when I have uh, a terrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely. I'm sure did. we did. It was two episodes ago. Yeah, no, that's that's a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is. 
who can keep track of these things. Um, but back in the day, so we, when they were making Age of Ultron, they were also making Days of Future Past over at Fox with the X-Men films. And there's a weird thing with Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch where they are mutants. Like they are canonically mutants in their 616 universe. But they've always been associated with the Avengers rather than the X-Men. So they were in this a bit, a bit of a gray area when it came to rights because Marvel held the rights to all the Avengers characters, but Fox had bought the rights to all the X-Men characters and had been making X-Men movies at that stage for a long time. So they basically split the difference. They said, look, we're not interested in Wanda, but we want Pietro. Like we want a speedster. We want a fast character. So we want Quicksilver. And they said, well, actually, we kind of want both of them. But what if we split? What if we kill him off? in the movie and make him a shock death, right? And then we keep Wanda and you can have Quicksilver. Right. right? And so everyone... these were discussions that happened. Yeah, absolutely. These were absolutely discussions behind the scenes. So basically the deal was they got to use him for one movie and then he got killed off and then they kept Wanda and Quicksilver was in the X-Men movies. And he was, he was in a couple more after that, this, this guy. So that brings us up to today where canonically in the MCU, Pietro died. We saw him die. Except he shows up and it's not the Pietro from the MCU. It's the Pietro from the Fox movies, the the Fox X-Men movies, which Disney now owns because they bought Fox. So all of the X-Men characters they have access to again. So this opens the door for a multiverse situation where you can theoretically have any of those characters and any of the actors who played those characters enter the MCU, no trouble, ah. right? So you can theoretically have Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in here. You can have... Char- I mean, can we? Can have- I-, I thought he was done with it. I, I mean, he- sure, but you know, you back a dump truck of Disney money up to his door. <laughs> Who knows? He's going to go snick, snick again. Like, let's do it. They're going to have to really use that um, de-aging software. Uh, well, yeah, that's it. Well, you know, I mean... Because isn't he supposed to be like immortal? Like, he I mean, technically he is, but, you know, like, I mean, Wolverine's always a bit grizzled and, and Hugh Jackman's not looking particularly old for his age. So. No, no, no. What I mean is, though, you compare him now to when I mean, it's he was true. You, 20 you look years at, ago. You look at his initial uh, appearance as Wolverine yeah. compared to his like last Like, he one. was really skinny it's, in yeah, that first that's one. That's right, exactly. Like, yeah. toned and muscly, but not like the beefcake that he became. Yeah, it's funny because you, you read interviews with him at the time and he was talking about how he had to do all this like weight training to bulk up yeah and you look at him you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah fair enough obviously like weight training like improved over the next 20 years yeah well if you see him uh well he was the last minute replacement i think in that first x-men movie mm. so he probably didn't have as much time or as much experience but if you look at him in australian musicals of the 90s which is sure. where a lot of people forget absolutely that's, that's where, where he he's started from. he's like a tall lanky guy yeah absolutely and then all of a sudden beefcake <laughs> But yes, back on track. Sorry, I'm just getting excited by Hugh Jackman. No, no, that's right. But, but, you know, so it opens the door. So it basically gives Marvel um, carte blanche to do whatever they want going forward with any of their characters. And it's really, really exciting because to sort of see, to, to see the X-Men universe sort of just dipping a toe into, into the MCU, it really gives us an indication of what's going to come in the, in the next phase. We know the Fantastic Four are coming. They're getting a movie. We know that, you know, we've had the mutants teased. We've had that they're probably not going to do them straight away, but they're going to sort of ease them in. And we can see now this is how they're going to start easing them in is have these single characters sort of appear on the periphery of things. Yeah. You know, but also what's really interesting, 
not just from a from a you know copyright <laughs> major massive billion dollar companies uh, trading IP perspective, but also for the show, where'd Pietro come from? You know, like like where has he come from? Has he come from somewhere else? Because we don't get the MCU version, we get the X Men version. So where has he come from, and who brought him? Uh, uh, like Wanda, has she magicked him into well a, theoretically universe? Maybe, but she seems just as confused as Vision. That's true. She doesn't know what's going on. And, and in fact, she even says, because they, they're at the tail end of the fight that they're having, she says, I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't ring the That's doorbell. That's not me. Yeah. So who did? Ah, uh, Thanos? No. Well, well, sure. <laughs> he's, he's behind everything. That's Thanos my... is the version of, of a wizard did it. I think because uh, of that whole phase one, two, three, whatever it was, was all Thanos. Yes, so it was. my yeah, default answer it's, it's to everything Thanos. is Thanos. <laughs> He's back. I mean, if everyone else can come back. Sure. sure. Thanos can come back. Why not? Might be a bit dull, but that's just my go-to answer for the moment. <laughs> so this is this Kevin Feige. Kevin, Kevin Feige is Feige. The, the main sort of executive producer behind so the He's MCU. like the super brain. Yes. Who's obviously like a been a comics nut as well. Yeah, he, absolutely. He, yeah. he gets it. So he has his Machiavellian spider web that sure. he sits in the middle of <laughs> and spins out and goes, okay, well, if we've got this and this and then we bring this in here. I assume he's got some help, but it's mostly him in the spider web. Just, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. With Spider-Man. Because uh, <laughs> they did that with Spider-Man, didn't they? They had to bring Spider-Man in from Sony. They did, yeah. Well, So, so they've got a weird deal. So it's, it's very strange. Sony retains the rights to Spider-Man but they, they're kind of on a permanent lease to Marvel. Ah. They're kind of like, just like, oh, okay, so you guys are going to make... Like people who loan artworks to galleries. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're like, okay, we hold, we, we still it's own ours. Spider-Man. It's ours, but but you get it. Like, mm. But we get to announce it. That's the weird thing. When, when they get up and do these, you might have seen like a couple of months ago, they got up and did like the big announcement for all the new TV shows and movies that were coming out. I didn't see it, but I heard... Because everyone yeah, was like, oh my God, this random B C character from a random comic in 1974 <laughs> is getting a full movie. It's getting a movie. That, that's what it felt like to me as someone who doesn't know. I'm sure it was more significant to the... And having said that, I am looking forward to the Shang-Chi movie and I think it's going to be good. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I love that you had an answer for that. And I appreciate that it's a really good joke, even if I'm not aware of who that character is. That's the meta level we're at. Absolutely. That's, that's where we're operating. That's the space we live in. So they, they announced all their characters, but they very specifically didn't announce Spider-Man because Spider-Man's owned by Sony. So so Sony, Sony gets, gets to announce to when have... the next Spider-Man movie is and all that oh. sort of thing. But the creative that... control is within, like with Kevin Feige and, and Marvel. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're directing everything, but technically they, they give still Sony own the... That reminds me so much of working in politics because <laughs> people... No, but people don't understand... When you go to an event or something and there's like a list of thank yous mm. or there's a list of speakers and it's a certain, there's always, there's reasons why those things have speakers in certain orders. Sure. There's reasons why announcements come from one part of government rather than the, the other. other. Yep, and it's all to do with who's putting in the most money, who's done, you know, and there's huge amounts of behind the scenes. Well, it's got to be this per it's got to be this person. They've got to make the announcement. They can't do it until they've done this bit first. And particularly with governments and stuff, if they're particularly in Australia, state and federal, uh, different political parties, mm. then it's in their interest to try and get as much as they can off their bite of the apple first. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it leads to drama and, <laughs> and, bet, and, and hysteria. <laughs> it can, but it's something that I had no idea about until I worked in, in politics, but then now 
uh, I mean, I, I guess a little bit from when working in journalism, but not the reality of the behind the scenes stuff. It just yeah. becomes a lot more clear. Absolutely. But I can definitely see that. It's like, okay, well, you get to make this. And they would have gone to them saying, can oh. we announce Spider-Man? And Sony would have gone, no, we will retain our yes, right to right. announce that movie. Exactly. And they have the yeah. negotiation and there would have been a run sheet and a timing. And in fact, there was even there was even a, a really hairy moment last year or I... I I, I edit 2020 out of my brain now. I don't know whether you do the same thing. I don't know whether our listeners do the same thing. I'll think of something as happening last year when actually I mean 2019. Yes. Um, 2020 normally, is a weird blank space. Well, normally that's because the first couple of months of the year, you're always saying last year I did this. Yeah, exactly. Of, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But the, it's like that phenomenon with the pandemic on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be an all year thing. Yeah, it's just an all year thing. <laughs> But um, I think it was 2019 or it might have been 2020, but basically there was some concern because Sony said, actually, we're going to pull out of this agreement. We're going to go and take Spider-Man because we've got Tom Holland. He's, he's really successful. We're going to make our own. is he attached to Marvel or is he no, attached to... No, he works for Sony. This is the thing. Like, oh. he, he, that version of the character is owned by Sony and Marvel has the right to use him in their movies, but... If, if, if Sony took their bat and ball and said, we're going to make our own movies again, and Tom, Tom, Holland Tom, Holland, would have to go... Tom Holland would go with them. Wow. That's the crazy so thing. So he would have signed a contract going, I There go... would be all sorts of insane contracts yeah. saying that you can do this and not this and, and this thing. Yeah. But if they were to make more movies, I mean, they could just recast because they've done it in the past. They have absolutely no compulsion about just recasting just, Spider's Men. Let's let's, but, you know. let's get multiple. Well, they did, did they do that whole multiverse yeah. well, of many? Well, they, well, they did, and and that's really interesting because there's suggestions that that could come back in a live action form because there's enough Spider Men now live right. action who are still kicking around. You Toby Maguire, Toby Maguire, and Andrew Garfield are still out there. Toby Maguire would be in his forties. Yeah, but he could play like an old man Spider-Man. He's not old man. He just, I mean, he's still quite boyish. Well, but, but, that's, but that's what I mean. Like, he could definitely play like right. an adult Spider-Man. Yes, okay. You know, compared to Tom Holland's, uh, you know, kid Spider-Man. You yes. know, like there's there's ways to sort of fit that in. They, 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 could, they could do it. Yeah. And there's suggestions that they might be doing it. So, and that would all tie into this whole multiverse thing. In the last Spider-Man movie, they mentioned the multiverse. And then it turned out that the villain was just grifting. But... The word multiverse has been uttered. Right. You know, so there's the idea is out there. They're they're planting seeds. But the I've forgotten what my point was. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Nope, I've lost it as well. No, there was a, it was a really good point. Oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want me but, to stop the tape and rewind? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can edit it out. Um, no, but basically, you know. This has wide-reaching implications for the way Marvel works going forward because they have access to all of these new characters and they're basically just going to have some fun with it. Like, this is mm. just a really fun way to introduce one of the X-Men characters. And I think your point was earlier about characters coming in on the fringes of things. Yes. You tweeted that this one episode of a TV series yes. has had, like, more impact on so much stuff going forward. It's huge. It's huge, but it's also... 30 seconds at the end of one episode of a TV, yeah, TV series. So it's it's a very cheeky way of dropping. I guess with Marvel stuff, it's must be hard for them to bring the surprises or bring the shock oh, value totally, yeah. or because everyone's so used to them and everyone's got That's like, it. oh, this and this. But to be able to go, oh, well, let's let's take this first TV series that we're mm. doing. It's it's quite small compared throw to something universe changing in it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I can see the joy of that. They must've yeah, had a lot of fun exactly. planning that. And it suggests that they're going to 
have a lot of fun with this next phase of movies and shows. Yeah. Um, that they're going to play around with what we know and what we, what we understand about the universe and change some things because like, you know, now we have like sword as a going concern as opposed mm. to shield. Mm. Um, you know, there's different people rocking, rocking around. Some of the characters we know aren't there anymore. We're going to be introduced to new ones. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It's, <laughs> it, it's just, it just makes me happy. I'm just so happy that they're obviously having so much fun with it. Yeah. And that fun is infectious in watching it. Yes. You know, and also I feel like it's a vindication for the show where after the first two or three episodes, people are like, this show's really boring. Like, it's just like nothing. Like, what I, is it? Yeah, I found that weird criticism. So strange. A- apparently there were a lot of people after the first three episodes going, yeah. and it's like, but it's a ride. They're it's doing like, guys, something. You, you know, I mean, they're building to it. They're obviously building yeah. towards something. Like, why are you complaining <laughs> so early on? But then maybe, maybe if people saw the first half hour of a Marvel film and then that's all they saw, they might come that's out true. going, well, there's not a lot happened. Not a lot happened in that Not a lot happened in, in that Age first of Ultron. Act where we set up yeah. all the pieces. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. It's a very maybe they're applying film logic to a TV series. Or something. Maybe, maybe, and I, I guess you can forgive them for that a little bit because we know this is a limited series. Like this isn't going to be an ongoing, oh okay, you know, series long thing. It has yeah. nine episodes that we know of, yes. and that will it Set will the come to an end, or, yeah. and then there will be something afterwards. Um, but you know, we probably won't get one division season two. I'm imagining. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we do. Well, I mean, I don't know. anything's on the table now. <laughs> Who knows? She goes to a different small town. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so having discussed that earth-shattering, yes. life-changing moment, the continental plate-shifting uh, <laughs> bombshell. Do, do you do you feel like you understand? I do, and I, I don't mean that in a patronising way. I, no, I no, want no. to know that I've explained it properly. I think you've done an admirable job. Right. Um, if you think Stu's done a terrible job, <laughs> call in. Uh, do, do not at me. He's at Disco Stu on Twitter. <laughs> What Stu loves more than anything is people getting really petty on Twitter and just like really bringing petty arguments. Mm, yeah, I just and love it. He loves it. Uh, so <laughs> definitely do that. Um, so, yes, I could tell from the reaction that something had yes. happened. Yeah. But if it had just been me and I hadn't looked at the internet afterwards, I would have gone, oh, okay, they brought the brother back, but he's different. Sure. I didn't get the implications that go from that. But he having explained said that, that really well. Absolutely. But having said that, I feel like the moment still works even in universe. Yes. Right. And I think like as you're, you're the perfect example of that as, as someone who doesn't have that outside context. Yes. That did that moment it still did. work for you there, as an unsettling. Well, there, thing yeah, that because you had the moment, you had that fantastic fight mm. um, between, which I'm sure we'll get to in our minute challenge, but the fight between vision and Wanda, where he's recognizing he's, he's realized she's doing something. Mm. She's controlling people and he loses Oh, control of a sort, but he gets fired up. Like he's been this very happy, apart from those little edits we've seen where he's gone, something's wrong, Wanda, and she just uh, screen wipes him. Yeah. Um, but he's furious. He's like, you're hurting people. And then the doorbell rings and she's like, that's not me. And, but you don't trust me. And he's like, of course I don't. Like you're, mm. you're responsible for everything so far. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a moment, but can I be honest? What, jumped out at me most about that moment is yeah. how it worked as an example of a 90s sitcom trope. Like yes, well, exactly. A, and that's what's a, brilliant about it is that it does the, do that. Because things like Full House, you would get a kind of cliffhanger or um, well, Family it, it, Ties seem to be the big one. This one was the the, the opening credits, which I forgot to write oh, my yes, minute yeah, challenge, yeah. but the opening credits were very Family very Ties. Very Family Ties, yeah. But that's Including ex- the adorable pictures of 
baby vision. Yes. Oh my God. I forgot to put that in my minute challenge. So did I actually, yeah. The fact that they went there and went, yes, here he is. And they doctored it. I was like, oh, well done. Well played. Um, But yeah, so the, the concept that, um, that a person will be recast is yes the concept that a person would be recast but more than that a concept that a key character would show up on the doorstep at the end of an episode and everyone would be like you know it would happen in in friends it would happen in a whole bunch of sitcoms like that even you know family ties fresh prince of bel-air i'm sure that they'd have those moments of someone new has just arrived and then you'd see tune in next week tune in next week it worked as the sitcom trope and that's how I, that was my top down sort totally. of impression of that moment is, yeah. oh, they've brought back the brother as the surprise, I'm back. Or, yeah. you know, I'm just thinking in Friends, they would have that, um, hi, Chandler, you know, his annoying ex girlfriend. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And she'd show up on the doorstep <clears throat> and it'd be like, oh my God, and she's pregnant or something. You know what? Like, there were, that as a cliffhanger moment yeah. is a trope and totally. they did it really well. Yeah, exactly. Bringing back yeah. the brother. So they, they plotted it into, again, just shows how clever they've been with the sitcoming that's theming right. yeah, yeah. that that hit at that moment. Absolutely. So that's what I got from it primarily. And then it was the internet that told me that I should be excited <laughs> for a whole different reason. <laughs> it's, it's always good when the internet tells you how to feel. The internet... Mother, teacher, secret lover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm um, no, you're right, and, and it does have that. It does have that double resonance, which I really love. It, it fits within the the weird like mm. sitcom universe of the show, and it also has these massive wider yeah. implications, not just in in the wider show, but also in like our world. Oh, like, you know, it's, Kevin it's Feige and all the writers would have just been like, pens down, guys. Yes. Take the rest of the day off. Take the day off. That's the good one. Wow. We did that. (laughs) Woo! Except they probably wouldn't have because they're probably all on incredibly tough contracts. Yes, that's true. Just would have been chained to a typewriter. We we can't leave. We have to. At least give me a computer. No, it must be written on a typewriter. It's a typewriter. It's the blood of your fingers pouring into the machinery (laughs) that makes it worthwhile. Do you want to continue with your list then? I certainly do. Because you'll probably cover a lot of stuff that I do and I'll just fill I feel in. Like, I feel like there's there's main beats in this one that we, we definitely will both hit. Pietro is the main, It's that's the headline. That's yeah, the, I think I the, wrote new dude brother. That was my scrambling brain That works. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, the next item on my list is Wanda wants you to leave, uh, which is just the, the scene that we got oh, this Oh, I episode. totally forgot about that scene. Oh, oh man, my that God. scene. Yeah. That scene was awesome. It was great. Where Wanda just walks out and she's back in like classic MCU yes, costume because yes. she's outside of the bubble now. Just walks out and just is like, you drop something, you know, and throws the drone at them. You know, like you forget that like she fought with the Avengers. She fought Thanos to a standstill. Like she yeah. is incredibly powerful, even by herself, if her powers aren't like being boosted somehow or, or yes. anything like that. She's still incredibly powerful. So she just walks out and goes, go away. Yes. <laughs> like, stop, stop bothering uh, yeah. me. And they said, what do you want? She's like, I have what I want. I have leave what I want. Alone. You need to leave. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it's an interesting conundrum because as we see uh, in the episode, there's real people in that, in that bubble that are being held against mm. their will, theoretically. Mm. You know, what is going on? Wanda seems to be in control of things. If she is in control of things, then she's holding thousands of people hostage. Although I do wonder, I wonder whether or not she is sort of 
in control of things. Because as we see, like there's something that happens at the end of this episode that is not in her control. An external factor, yeah. Everything that's happening with the boys is seems to be like happening external to her. Like she doesn't seem to be controlling what they're doing. She tries to influence them with her magic and it doesn't work. Oh, that's right. She tries to make them go to sleep. Tries to make them go to sleep. They don't go to sleep. And then later on they age up. They uh, age up twice this episode. And then she tells them to not age. She says, don't age yourselves out of this sadness. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that I wrote down, but continue with your yeah. list maybe well, first. I mean, basically, like, I just wanted to, to finish the thought on that confrontation because it was just badass. Where yeah, yeah, She yeah. just sort of, she has, and it, it's beautifully shot too. She's got all the green lasers yeah. sort of pointed at her. And then she just does the little hand twist and they all turn, turn around to point to Haywood. Yeah. Great moment. Very ma- uh, reminiscent of when Magneto, like, pulls well, in that first X-Men and he pulls up. Well, I the- mean, funny you should say that. <laughs> Because all the, the, the bullets and turn, all the guns and then turns them on the yes, officers. Yes, in the first X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good, that's a very good pull, Natalie. Thank you, Stu. Um, you seem really proud not, of me. Not least of which is because in the comics, Magneto is Wanda and Pietro's father. Oh, so, I think I had heard that. Yeah. Many yes, I think I had heard that, but I'd forgotten. So, so that's a go. very that's a very that's uh, an interesting poll. Thank you. I'm uh, so proud of myself. I'm just not o- not only you. that you display some pop culture knowledge, which I'm always <laughs> just so proud of you, like a, like watching a baby bird leave the nest. It's fantastic. But yeah. hi everyone, I host my own pop culture. <laughs> and as like Dan from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast likes to remind me, why do you have a pop culture podcast? <laughs> Because I'm outside it, it. I'm not in it. It's I'm not fun obsessed. To talk about. I exactly. can see. I can see a top-down view. I can take a step that's back. Right. I can be, you know, unless it's Game of Thrones, in which case, obviously. Yes, exactly. And that's how this started. Exactly. You know, so I can be obsessed about something. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but interesting that your mind went there. Um, I hadn't actually put that connection together. Oh. But that's interesting. Well, Stu, some of us are just, you know, seeing more. You know, making more connections. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, there is something reminiscent about that. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what it reminded me of. But yeah, no, she, she attacks them. Um, it comes because Hayward put like a gun on the drone uh, yeah, without so anyone's knowledge. That's and it, put a missile. Take her out. Yeah, and put a missile. He's <laughs> like, take the shot, take the shot. What, what did you do? Monica's like, what shot? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? But I love how, I love how they get around the, um, the limitations because they, they're trying to figure out how to get something into Westview through the, the field. And they figure out that they're up to the 1980s now. So if they put something in there with 80s tech, it won't get scrambled and turn into something else. It'll just be itself. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that, that's how the drone gets in and oh. doesn't get turned into something else. So what was it? Well, it was just, it was a drone, but it had like 1980s technology on it. Like it just had like... A, what, like a VCR? A, a, no, a, Betamax? A Betamax? Well, it, has, it has a Betamax on and board. A and, a, and, a, and a Sony Walkman. <laughs> exactly. But they, they, they say... I mean, an like, Apple it's, it's very computer. It's very weird. But, but they do say... They, do, they say that the image from it is so grainy because it's like a 1980s technology. Oh, okay. Right? So, I mean, it's like a 1980s style weapons drone, I guess. Sure. Did, did drone exist in the yeah, 80s? Yeah, I think, I think something like that probably existed. They definitely had like surveillance stuff in the 80s. So, but anyway, best not to think about it too much. But the idea <laughs> is the idea is that they use 80s tech on the drone to, right. to send it in and not have it be immediately turned into a toy helicopter yes, or something. Yes, yes. They, they send it in, they confront her, there's that awesome scene where her, her eyes light up, and mm. then... You just you know, cut, you don't yeah, see... You cut, you don't see what happens. Again, very efficient oh. use of 
letting the audience imagine that moment without having yeah, to show anybody. Absolutely. And then she just, and then, you know, evocative because then she walks out and tosses the drone yes. and goes, well, you, <laughs> is this yours? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they have that confrontation where she's like, yeah, I, I have the thing I want. So mm. leave me alone. Monica's like, please don't do this. Like what's happening? Like, mm. you know that something's not right here. And she's like, go away. And yeah. then walks back in. Um, and then she does something funny with the, she kind of powers it up or so. I didn't quite understand what yeah, she was doing. Guess, like all this I mean, red, I guess her, yeah. her red magic kind of enforces the, I guess, I guess she's reinforced the barrier maybe or, mm. or something like that. Um, I yeah. couldn't quite get the significance of mm. that moment. They seem to spend a bit of time on her like, <laughs> I, was like I guess she's just, you know, plugging it all back in. Yeah, I mean, basically. You know, turning on the Faraday cage or whatever. Sure, exactly. I'm sure that's an embarrassingly poor use of the term Faraday cage. <laughs> uh, the next item on my list is, uh, so we definitely have a Weekend of Bernie situation happening. Yes! Uh, because, you know, I was sort of like, that seems a bit grim. But no, we definitely get confirmation that after the events of Endgame, she stormed the Sword headquarters where they had Vision's body in pieces. Like, it wasn't even like... It wasn't even like just his body. They had disassembled him and were doing work on him for some reason, which might become relevant later. I don't know. So he's a robot, yeah? He is a vibranium has... synthesoid. Yes, they said that this episode, yeah, didn't they? they did, yes. Vibranium synthesoid. Synthesoid? He, he's an android. He, he's a, he's a, a human-mimicking robot, yes. Yes, but he has man hands. Like they're very clearly... <laughs> They're very clearly soft, delicate man hands. They're not robotic in any way. That's all I'm... Well, he's a very delicate android. Yeah, he's, he's beautiful. You know, dainty featured, you know, Paul Bettany, those very, yeah. you know... Soulful eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so she's stolen his body in pieces. Yes, yeah, so so his body was in she's pieces. Jacked she is, she's I mean, jacked it. She's jacked <laughs> it. Give me the body! <laughs> Um, which I, I mean, which jack apparently... in, in like the sense of steel, as opposed like car jack or yes, exactly. Yeah, not yeah. not like a sexual thing. No, I guess yeah. I yeah, yeah, I got you. Thanks, Jim. Um, the, Just uh... Pointing that out to the listeners <laughs> that I'm goddamn classy. <laughs> but apparently, that um, that scene that we see was actually shot as a, as a end credit scene at the end of Endgame. Oh, um, so, and then they kept it, and then they decided not to. They were just like, you know what, we'll save that. Yeah, we can probably use that later. But that was shot. A while ago, that was shot. Well, that would have that would have confirmed. Oh, Wanda's going to do something with Vision's body. Well, so exactly. everybody going into the show will be yes. like, "Oh, she's going to be." So they exactly. made the right decision, I think, to pull back on it. Totally. Having said that, the way it's used here is fine, but it's almost incidentally the way that they show it because it's just on the TV and they're like, "Here, we've got this footage." It, it worked. It's perfectly justified, but I can see how it would have been like so impactful at the end oh. of Endgame. Absolutely, but they've yeah, reduced yeah. it here to oh, this is explaining what's but going what's, on. But what's what's fascinating? It's interesting with how... difference of how the impact is still great in both yeah. senses. But if you'd seen that at the end of Endgame, totally, you would have been like, "Holy shit!" Whereas <laughs> you see it now, and you're like, "Oh, it all makes sense." Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it comes because they they wanted Endgame to feel like an ending. Yes. they didn't want another teaser yes. at the end of it. You know, which is which makes sense. Like, I'm really glad that they did that. But also, it's interesting how they've used it in this episode because. Haywood puts that on screen to sort of prove to everyone that Wanda's this crazy, out of control person. Yeah, but because he's was... like the dicks. Well, exactly, FBI guy. Yeah, and exactly. He has to be a dick. Yeah. But why was Vision in pieces being worked on by Sword scientists? 
right? Well, we don't need to know all that detail, <coughs> Stuart. Well, I think it'll become relevant, Natalie. <laughs> I think it'll become... But there's like nobody asks that question and at the time... Exactly. Because shit's yeah. happening. So exactly. They're, they're nobody's had time to go, on, what like, was he doing there? Why, yeah, why was Vision being inspected by his sword mm. scientists? Because apparently as part of his living will, as Haywood says, he did not wish to be dismantled or, you know, use... He didn't want his body used for like... Experiments. He didn't want it to become a weapon. He didn't want. He didn't want to become a weapon. So, what was happening there? You know, I think that'll. I think that'll probably become very pertinent over the next couple of episodes. Mm. The next item on my list was they grow up so fast. Oh yeah. They they age up twice. Yes, they go from babies to like five year olds, and then five year olds to ten year olds. Yes, absolutely. It's really interesting that they're growing up so quickly. It suggests that they want to get them to a point where maybe they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons that might become relevant later on. Oh, okay. Which this I'm is a bit of a spoiler. All right, all right, um, all right. That's fine. That's fine. They also, it's it's very interesting that I think I think as babies, but certainly as the the five year olds and then the ten year olds, they they wear the same colours as they go up. Like so, one is all in reds and one's in blues. Okay. That could become relevant later. Don't know. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll just make a note. Red and blue. Yeah. Uh, one becomes a Republican. One becomes <laughs> yes, obviously, Democrat. yeah. It's, it's all a metaphor, Natalie. It's all a metaphor for yeah. our broken political system. That's right. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Um, but um, I'm John Jackson. I'm Jack Johnson. <laughs> we are very different. It's a Futurama joke yes, there. Sorry. Absolutely. We should do a podcast about Futurama because I'm really good with Futurama. I mean, look, <laughs> I would be there. One for of doing the best shows Futurama. ever made. Yes, but I'm talking the original. I haven't really yeah, gone back that. to watch not, not the, the revived show. The revived show that much, but <laughs> yes. Now that I've got uh, Disney Plus, where is my Futurama? That's what I want to know. Uh, it might be coming on Star. I don't know. I have to double check. I don't want to get that as well. No, no, no. It, it just comes with Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Fine. It's going to come as of like the end of February, I think. Okay. Well, you, it'll just be there. Okay. Well, yeah. I just want some Futurama action. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to come home and put on the episode where Zach. Brannigan is riding a horse called Penelope into battle <laughs> against the bouncing balls. And it's just a whole lot of balls jokes. And it's the best thing ever. We've already seen too many body bags and ball sacks. Like you can't, you, you, the writing does not get better than right. war is the H word. It's a genius episode. And I can't watch it on DVD because my DVD player is not recognizing half of my Futurama DVDs. Also, who has the time to take a DVD out of the packet, put it in the machine, change the TV function over to the DVD set? God, what are we in the <laughs> Victorian okay. era? Is this... We sent a man to the moon, we can't do this. We sent a man to the moon and I have to take a goddamn DVD out of a goddamn packet and put it in the machine and then take it out again and dust it off because it's got some dust on it and it's not reading and then it still doesn't work. And oh. <laughs> Fix that up. No, this is the problem. Now we all end up paying like $200 a month for every streaming exactly. service in existence yeah. to yeah. avoid that problem. To avoid that problem. <laughs> To avoid having to get off our couch and change the DVD. God damn it, I want... And why is it that I can get the Uber driver to deliver food, but I still have to go down to the door of my apartment building and pick it up and walk back up the stairs? Why are they not coming and shoving it directly into my mouth? That's what I'm paying for. This would this be is... what Seinfeld would be about if, if it yeah. was around today. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just becoming the movie wall E. It's just... Sitting on a portable floating couch, yep. drinking Slurpees, eating burgers. Having robot assistants come and... I'm not going to lie, Stu. That's kind of my dream. 
I mean, you know, isn't it though? It's the dream. <laughs> it is the dream. But just to just to finish the thought, um, yes, please do. On boys, uh, <laughs> um, my ten. We've already surpassed the running time of the episode oh God, with the podcast we, okay, so okay, far. Right, no, it's well, fine. It's fine. <laughs> the boys grow up so fast. Uh, Vision also says. He notices that there's no other children in Westview. Yes, which I... That's interesting. Hadn't really... That's something I hadn't clocked, clocked before. Yeah, good, um, good but, co-use of the word clocked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, makes us look really cool. Very nice. Mm. But it's definitely something that is a thing. Like, we haven't seen any other children in Westview so far. And the, but the and fundraiser was... We had the fundraiser for the, for children. the children. And everyone would repeat together in unison. For, for the, the children. children. What's that about? That's weird. Oh yeah. That's strange. And Dottie was the the, the great main fundraiser mother figure of lady yeah. who seemed to break character with uh, with Wanda without sort of being helped. She sort of like was like, "Hang on, who, who are it? you? Who are yeah, you?" Yeah. That's weird. Mm. Um, especially given what we see in this episode, where people can't break character unless Vision sort of messes with them a bit, and suddenly they snap back and the in. He goes to he goes to Norm, who turns out to be a regular townsperson, who's like, "Oh my god! Like, you have to help me, Jesus! Like, yes, what are we yes. doing? Oh no, no!" You know, and then he snaps back and and is like, "Ha ha! Jokes about computers." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know what's going on there? So it looks like there's there's people in the town who cannot get out of what is going on and are unable to break character. And there's other people who seem to be able to break character at will. Yes. One of them is Agnes. Agnes. Who in the middle of a scene just stops and says, do you want to take that That from the top? That was so weird. That was deeply unsettling, especially because they keep the laugh track going over a lot of that. Yeah. So there's there's laugh tracks happening. The laugh track is gone by by the end of the show, the end of the episode. Yes. But at that moment, there's still people laughing and tittering, but it's Awkward. a weird, nervous laughter. Yes, yes. I really, I like, I loved how they did it. Yeah. Vision's like, what? What are you talking about? And then Wanda's like, no, it's fine. Oh, Just no, she's keep, tired. keep going. Yeah. You know, and, and he's like, hang on. And that sort of starts him down the path of, no, something's mm. very strange here. What's going on? That's very weird. You know, so there are people within Westview who can break character and people who can't. And the people that we've seen on screen who are able to break character are Agnes and Dottie. Mm. Maybe Herb. Herb seemed to be he able to... He didn't come back in this episode. We no, he seen... didn't. He was only in that one episode. It's it's like he's gone yes. now. You know, yes. like, and yeah, like, like, and Agnes was like telling him, was sort of doing the eyes at him going, no, 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 stop, stop. Yeah. So what's going Maybe on there? Maybe he was the beekeeper dude. Because that's what I thought initially, that he might be the beekeeper um, dude. No, we know the beekeeper dude comes from outside, so I don't know if that's... Yes, but had he transformed then into a townsperson like um, uh, Monica Rambeau did to become Gerald? Right, okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because you didn't really see his face because he was wearing the big hazmat suit. And we also get the fun... uh, This wasn't on my list, but we get the fun reveal that uh, Monica's fish pants are actually made out of 97% Kevlar because she was wearing a bulletproof vest when she went in. And so everything got rewritten. And so we do get we do get confirmation that Wanda is literally warping reality within Westview. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so her clothes became. But like, why mm. would she choose to rewrite just the bulletproof vest? Why well, wasn't just, it? She's a, taking the raw material and yeah. turning it into something else. Right. Like she's warping reality. That's what her powers do. Right. I wonder so if she's not, consciously doing that or probably subconsciously. Probably subconsciously. Yeah. But or. or you know, is something else doing that? Like yes, something's protecting... Something that's yeah. protecting her or protecting something else within Westview. 
who knows? Mm. Like, you know, I think that's going to be a big And she part. left, she left, and this was interesting because when Monica was thrown out, mm. she was still in the clothes that she'd been wearing inside. Yes. But when Scarlet Witch came out, she came she out came in her out in Avengers, Avengers outfit. Avengers costume, yeah. So, but then she was back in, in her, you know, 80s mom overalls. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, she has control over, like, her appearance. So, like... <clears throat> so she she's not being mind controlled that we know of. No, no, no. But, but if she warped reality inside the yes. bubble, well, she obviously she obviously put on her game face when she walked outside. Like, she uh, wanted yeah. To so you a, think that was a conscious choice? I think that she's was a conscious not, choice okay. on her part. She's not coming out as like eighties sitcom mum. She's coming out as the Scarlet it, Witch. Like that would have been fun though. That would have been pretty fun. Eighties <laughs> sitcom mum coming out. You want this? I've got what I want. Like pointing at what she is now. I've got what I want. I am who I want. But that could have worked too, I think. That could have but worked too. Yeah. I it's interesting. It's really interesting because we were commenting um, that she doesn't have her Sokovian accent anymore. Mm. But then when she comes out, she has a thick Sokovian accent. Like she comes out, she's like, you need to leave. Like she's... Did she? Yeah, yeah, she did. She was she was speaking like she did in Ultron. Oh, I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah, I no, it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I didn't she, pick up on that at all. She, she's definitely got the lilt back to her voice ah. when she walks out. Um, which is an interesting choice. Yes. Um, whenever she gets angry or confused or something, like it sort of seeps back in. Yes. And Pietro didn't have an accent either. Uh, well, as in didn't have... No, a... Pietro at the end just had an American accent. American yeah, accent, Absolutely. Yeah. But that was within the sitcom world. Yes, But then true. he never, he never, like that version of the character never had a... Never had an accent. An accent. Okay. We've talked about Agnes. Uh, and then the other one was Monica. Uh, so Monica has an x-ray uh, and it shows up uh, nothing but white, almost as if she's emitting x-rays herself. Uh, so we could see uh, she may already have her powers. I'm not sure. Yeah, because she has light. She has like light-based powers or like like spectrum-based powers. Like so she can manipulate energy. So does that make her a mutant or does that make her a superhero? No, no. She, well, she, she got it through an accident, not through like her genes. So Okay. So yeah, she's, she's a Bruce a, Banner she's style. She's a Bruce Banner style okay. thing, yeah. Um, so she has like energy manipulation powers and she can, which, you know like all good comic book powers, also gives her flight and super strength. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Just being able to manipulate things. Yeah, is exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I had a lot of the same. Just on Monica, while you talked to that, there was a mm. moment that I noticed where mm. there was a... Uh, They're arguing about who, who kicked Vision, who kicked Ultra, um, uh, Thanos' Thanos's ass. ass. And it made something about only... She was the only one who could take it to Thanos. Mm. And then Jimmy Woo says, oh no, but Captain Marvel could have. And then Monica Rambo has this sort of look. She's got a real nasty look of in her like face. Of like, yeah. huh. So I don't know the backstory to that. Well, I mean, her mother was best friends with Carol. Right. Uh who presumably was off in space when she was dying of cancer. Right. Okay. You know, so. So she's got a little bit of family. Probably a little here. bit of okay. a chip on her shoulder about that. Well, that explains that too. And uh, I also wanted to say that I still can't see the hexagonal. Like Darcy actually names it the hex. Yeah, the hex. That, that's that's a weird cute thing because in, in the comics, Wanda's like when she attacks someone, she uses like hex bolts. That's what they're called. Oh, okay. Um, because she's like a witch. So they're like hex bolts. Um, oh, because she's a she's witch. a witch. So they're called hex bolts. This is their way of getting the word right. hex. Right, but there. I still haven't seen the hexagonal shapes. Like I don't know if I'm just missing them. Um, they're around, and they, they say that the the perimeter of Westview is in a hexagon. In a ha- hexagon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, just on that nickname, there was a like an actual exchange of dialogue about and she's oh, never been called anything else but yeah. Wanda Maximoff it's like nope not at all she's nope, not had a never. nickname nope never and I was well, like I'm sure she's been called the Scarlet Witch but I, th- no, I figured she, not in the MCU not in the MCU yeah. but 
in the comics, that's what she's yeah, that, that's known her, as. that's her superhero name. So, so you assume that potentially they're building towards like her coming into her powers as the yes, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I thought was quite funny because it was a very it was a very comedic. Nope, never had a nickname. Yep. Never, you know. <laughs> never had one of those And that was in the real world, quotation yeah, marks. Absolutely. And they had that exchange and I went, oh. Well, there's that, great, there's that great exchange. I love that because like, yeah, the, the more grounded MCU, the, the superhero names seem a little bit weird. Mm. <laughs> they always seem a little bit strange. Yes. And I love the exchange in, um, I think it's, it's not Endgame, it's um, uh, Infinity War where uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange are on the alien, character, uh, alien carrier and... He sort of goes, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And he goes, Dr. Strange. He goes, oh, we're using our made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Which is great. But I his name that. is Dr. Strange. His name it? is Dr. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the one character where his superhero name and his actual name are exactly the same. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought that was fun about the nickname. Um and then everything else I have written down was really about Wanda and Vision. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, well, that we can Vision get into, is yeah. gaining strength. He's gaining. Yes. He's gaining real. He's realizing he's coming out of his, which we've seen happening yeah. every episode in a little way. Sure, but the but first we, we episode find out, with the dinner. Yes. Yeah. The, the second episode with the um, something's really wrong here, and there's an mm. edit. And then, or was that the third? Anyway, there's been something each episode where Vision's questioned what's going on. Yeah. But this one, he, it was the first time we saw him back in his workplace. We hadn't seen him back in his workplace since since the the first episode. And he's still sitting there doing, you know, and they're looking at computers because it's Mm. the 80s. It's the 80s. Everyone has computers. computers. He gets gets a very important email too. Yes. What was on that email again? Uh, It was a a communication. It was from Sword talking about the Maximoff anomaly. Yes. What the hell? That's right. That's what sparks the norm guy to start shaking off yeah. his hex, I guess. Well, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then and then he sort of does the, the phasey thing on the temples yes. to sort of spark his brain. Yes. But that's what I wrote down, which is it's really terrifying that Wanda's not just mind controlling these people, mm. but that it physically hurts. Yes. That they're in pain. Yeah. And you start to see that more with Agnes this episode with her coming in to go, do you want me to take it from the top? But then also the subplot with the dog, with the puppy. Yes. Which we, we haven't which mentioned Which you notice that Agnes yet. is also involved in. Like we see her with the dead dog. Yes. Well, you don't see, you just see her pick up this yeah. something, but she's like rustling around in a flower bush yeah. for it. And he's, he's eaten, the puppy's eaten poisonous plants or something. Yeah. But there's also the moment where they have the puppy and then Vision says, he's, she's like, oh, why so formal? Because he's wearing his, his non-Vision face, yeah. his Paul Bettany face. So I just had this feeling that I'd need it. And the bell rings. Yeah, it's like he's getting aware of the it, sitcom format. Yes, yes. But yeah. I that probably is more accurate because I was thinking like he can kind of see... He's seeing a bit into the future or something, but no, it was. Well, I think no, you're no, right. he's, I think he's it's, becoming aware of what's happening. The tropes, yeah, exactly. And so, so I had a funny feeling I would need it, and then uh, she comes in and is like, "Oh yes, it's Agnes with exactly the thing we need," and she walks in with a yes, with a doghouse. Doghouse. Mm. I heard you got a puppy. Yeah, and yeah, because that is that trope where news just seems to travel without. Anything. Well, that's it, and it's mm. a trope that. Like the the neighbor character always comes in and just it's just convenient for her to bring a dog yes, house in. Yes. But within the show itself, how does Agnes keep knowing this? Like, mm. is she being exerted on? A, is through she the show a part of Wanda? Like, because in the first episode, she brought over all the dinner ingredients. 
I don't think she's part of Wanda. I don't think she's. I think she's an. She's outside, like an avatar. Or she's something? an outside actor, either of herself or for someone else. Yeah, I think that, that's my that's my working but theory. Is, yeah, so that's the thing. So you don't think Wanda is like making her in the back of her mind going, "Oh, I need a doghouse now because the boys are here." Like subconsciously going, no, "What we'll need think, now is a doghouse." I think the reality that she is in is attempting to sustain itself by supporting whatever plot is happening and they're doing so through the nosy neighbor character right so this is really mind trippy yeah so i I mean my my working theory is that i i I think we've got a pretty good idea now that it's not just wanda it is wanda Mm. but it's not all wanda Mm. there's something else happening and what that is, I think Agnes is going to be a part of that. Okay. I think Agnes will be a part of that. I think Dottie will be a part of that. Uh, I think they both tie into it somehow. And maybe Herb. Maybe Herb. <laughs> well, the <laughs> or, other or maybe thing... he just likes cutting through hedges and, and walls. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention about Wanda and the puppy dog storyline, because that's all one day, because mm. he even says that not yeah. many people get a dog and bury it on, <laughs> bury the, same it on the same day. day. But she tells the boys... Don't age out of this. Don't age out of this. It's yeah. very sad, but it's really important that we grieve. So it's yeah. this whole metaphor for vision. Exactly. It's, this, yeah. it's, this, it's a whole metaphor about she's not been able to comprehend loss. Exactly. And so she's brought him back to life. And then these are her kids saying, but you can do anything, mom. Bring him back to life. Bring yeah. the puppy back to life. You can conquer death. And then Agnes says something like, is that true? You can conquer death? Yeah. Because that's the other thing that Wanda does this episode is she gets more careless with what everyone else can do. Totally, yeah. At the start, at the start it wasn't... But then I think Vision even points that out. It's like, you've only become aware of it recently. I don't think you were aware of it at first, mm. but now you are. But now she sort of thinks, oh, everyone's just dumb. They're just doing what I want. They won't... If I do... Like, she magics um, the collar right in front for the dog right yeah, in front, right of, in front Agnes. of Agnes. And Vision's like, what are you doing? Like, you're... She's like, oh, she didn't see, it's fine. So she's becoming, as Vision said, either more aware and that whatever she does will work and nobody will upset her way mm. of life, or she's careless, one or the or other. Becoming or becoming more uh, reckless with, reckless, with what yeah. she's doing, yeah. Yeah, she's... she's she doesn't want to hide anymore, she says. Yeah, and it's also this whole thing of, like, the more you try to grip onto something, you know, it more slips through your fingers. So she's trying to hold on to this thing, but of course that that's vision is getting more and more like, exactly. no, this is wrong. And then they have that fantastic fight. Uh, well, that, that is preceded by Wanda trying to put an end to things by rolling, rolling credits. the credits. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure at some stage, all of the names in the credits will be explained. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch any, but yeah, but yeah, they, 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 she's, and that's how the credits used to roll was mm. over the end sequences totally, yeah, and stuff yeah. and people, you'd still be acting and you'd have these credits roll. And then there's, Vision, a, there's even the, the little round of applause from mm. the audience and then it's done. And then he He's literally, like, no, don't do that. He follows her through a door and pushes it open and the credits vanish and the music vanishes. Yeah. And then he gets really angry and he starts to like lift himself up. And then yeah. she starts to lift himself up. And then the doorbell rings. Yeah. So you have this amazing like confrontation over who's responsible. Um, well, she does calm him down. Like, like she, he says in a very chilling way, I can't remember my life before Westview. Mm, mm, right? Who like, am I? Who mm. am I? So, he, you know, he has no conception of where he was before he came to this small town. Mm. And she kind of says, no, you're my husband. I love you. We're together. Like this is, and she says all these things. She calms him down, but he's still, he's still pressing and probing mm. and trying to figure out what's going on. And then the doorbell rings. Mm. 
they weren't going to have a cataclysmic fight, but he was getting closer and closer to sort of cracking through what is going on here. Mm. And then, and then that doorbell rings, you mm. know, so someone sent something to it, stop him getting further along. Or yeah. So that's the thing is, is the Pietro, the real brother, is he also being mind controlled? Is he an illusion? Mm. Is he a memory that's been brought to life? Is he, they say in this episode, like, you know, you can't bring back the dead. Um, mm. But what you can do is bring back a different version of the dead person from a separate universe. <laughs> so maybe that's what's happened. I don't and, know. But she did bring back Vision, but then he's not But he's a not. Human. The, the, he's, he wasn't he's human. He's a synthesoidy m- m- megatron. No. <laughs> uh, what was it? Synthetic megatron. He's a, he's a vibranium synthesoid. Vibranium. Well, he's made out of vibranium, which is from Wakanda. Right. <laughs> it all connects. <laughs> I, I remember uh, this, this takes up room in my brain that probably should have more useful things in there, but <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. But we all have those things sure. where it's like, yeah, I do know all the lyrics to Baby Got Back by I, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Absolutely. And I don't know my passwords, but <laughs> I think I've retained the right info. Absolutely. <laughs> because at karaoke, nobody's going to need to know my passwords to bust out some sweet... That's it. Some sweet uh, rhymes. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, we are... I think at the end of, um, well, I'm, I'm, I, my list wasn't very comprehensive, so I'm pretty much at the end of it. I was just like, yeah, all, all of the things I wrote down was about Wanda's recklessness and the, the lecture of the boys yeah. for something that she's telling them you have to Absolutely. You know, do as I say, not go. as I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like, wow, girl, you got no self-knowledge, self-awareness <laughs> there. Come on, girl. So next week, what do we think will happen? Well, I mean... Hopefully we get more of a review. I mean, we're hitting the 90s, so we'll get a 90s style, maybe Friends. Well, or... I think I've seen pictures that it's the Halloween episode. Oh, it might be too, yeah. And there's so like maybe... pictures of her that's been doing the rounds, like literally dressed yeah, as a dressed witch as the... in Well, that, red. that's her comic book costume. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's literally her comic it's... book costume. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. very cute. Have you never, have you seen pictures of Scarlet Witch, like from the comics? No. Oh, maybe, uh, but not, they're not in my brain, but I'll do a quick Google. Do a quick Google. Scar- oh, I've got all caps on. Why have I got all caps on? Scarlet Witch. That is not a practical fighting outfit. Are you looking at? Are you looking at that one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that, that, that's her classic sort of costume. Big cloak. The headpiece. Very burlesque. <laughs> okay, she has got at least like double D boobs. <laughs> And she's wearing a leotard with absolutely no support yeah, no, for those um, boobs. Yeah. It's literally just kind of a triangle-shaped fabric covering the nipples. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, using comics to explain <laughs> clothing physics. Oh, is there? <laughs> oh, that one's a bit better. That kind of is more. Yeah, that that's sort of in more recent times that they've sort of modelled her actually... after the, the movies a bit more. Oh, I see. Because um, she's actually wearing. But you know, for like a long t- for a long time, she was like dressed like a circus performer, like that, <laughs> as were most superheroes. Good for them. I can't believe you've never seen that. You've never Good seen that original costume. Before. I'm, you know, maybe I have in the in the vast reaches of time. <laughs> but yes, I much prefer the saucy coat business. But still, you know, it's a good it's, update. At least the headpiece, I guess, keeps the hair off her face because that she's a classic. That's true. Yeah, she's one of those classic like girl ponytail. Come yeah, on, that's it. Get it out of your face. You got a lot. You got a lot of magic wind happening. It's going to just be blowing right in yeah, there. Yeah, you you're going to set yourself on fire. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a whole thing. Well, Stu, I think we're at the end of our 
podcast we, yes for yes this I, week. yeah absolutely yeah. i think we've, we've definitely covered it i think next week's going to be really interesting to see what mm. they do yeah i think we'll, we'll see the sitcom format break down even more probably mm. and sort of progress into more of a marvel universe show they, they were doing a lot of back and forth this week so well this was episode five and there's nine episodes so we yeah. really hit the midway point of things absolutely, merging yeah. so i think i think the timing and pacing of it has been really it's good been incredible yeah. yeah absolutely so shut up winges <laughs> shut up shut up people on the internet <laughs> except us well it's one of those things about tv where i maybe i'm dumb but i quite enjoy just not thinking about where everything's going to go i sort of like the ride <laughs> Which is why I was always really bad at Game of Thrones predictions and stuff. Like sure. some things are fun to speculate on and you, some things were predictable-ish. But I also didn't have great invested stakes of what should happen. Sure. And you know what? That's a very healthy way to watch TV. <laughs> because that's how you're supposed to watch TV. Well, it's like reading you know? a novel. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like you're not supposed to be trying to think three steps ahead of the show. Yeah. You're supposed to be on the ride with the show. And yeah. that's not being stupid or just sort of passively I guess consuming the, I content. I guess the, the nature of fandom is finding... And because a lot of shows play up to it... And it they is put, fun. And a yeah. show like this does encourage you to sort of think yes. ahead and try to figure out what's going on. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But it's a with puzzle. the understanding that, you know, it's a ride. Like, we're, yeah. we're going somewhere. Yes. Trust us. There's an end point. And if it doesn't work for you because it's not what you were going to do, that doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it a bad show. It just yeah. made, means it wasn't what you would, what would have yes. done. But I guess there's a whole podcast about Game of Thrones and that whole philosophy that... Oh. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, a lot of people it was bad for a lot of people, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, thank you so much, Stu, for joining me for a live it's podcast. A we didn't mention that we're face to face this week, and we will be back next week with more Wandavision. What are they doing to you, Stu? What are they, <laughs> what are they what doing are they to me? <laughs> what are they doing to you, Stu? Oh, come on, what are they? Come on, tell us. I prefer not to say. <laughs> oh, so coy. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.